Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Tim from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire. This is our weekly podcast of the sermon from the prior Sunday. Normally at this time, I have invited everybody to join us for worship at 8, 30, and 11. Uh, but right now we're in the midst of the global pandemic, and so we are not having worship in our building at 8, 30, and 11. Instead, you can find us online doing virtual worship using Zoom. You can find the information for all of that on our website at www.htelc.com. You can also like us on Facebook. And uh, those are the two primary ways in which to find our links to have worship with us. So it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you have an internet connection, you can join us for worship. So thank you for listening. We hope that you find the sermon meaningful and purposeful, that it connects to your life and how you interact with the world. And most of all, it reveals God's infinite love for you and all of creation. And we turn to the gospel reading with Jim. The gospel reading for May 30th, 2021, John 3, verses 1 through 17. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can anyone enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished. I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Here ends the reading. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jim. All right, we're going to start off with, uh, if people want to use the chat feature, does anyone know where this image is from and who it is? If you want to chat that in, or even if it's easy, take yourself off mute and we'll see if somebody can... Say it. It's a very popular TV show. It's not on the air anymore. Anyone? I'll be like you. Uh, Matthew, Matthew from Downton Abbey. Oh, Julie Kath pulls it out. Did you Google that real quick, Julie? It is a bonus question. Do you know what is happening in this scene that this is taken from? 
And just in case people didn't hear Julie Kath, Will Wesley tapped, typed it in. It is a scene from Downton, the TV show Downton Abbey, PBS masterpiece. The name of the character is Matthew Crawley. Does anybody know what's going on in that scene? I was going to show it to you, but I couldn't find a video clip of it to make it available. So here's what it is. And this is if, oh, see, somebody has it. Let's see. Drafted. Dennis Berg, it's a good guess. It is, uh, it does have something similar to do. It's not Matthew being drafted into the war. I'm going to set the scene for it and tell you what's going on. Um, it is from Downton Abbey. That is Matthew Crawley. Now, here's the premise of Downton Abbey. It is a show that uh, takes place in the early 20th century, immediately after World War I, about an English uh, manor, an English estate in the uh, hills of England, outside of London. And it centers on Lord and Lady Grantham. And they need to pass on their estate to their heir, to um, who's going to come next. The dilemma is... Lord and Lady Grantham only have daughters, and they have three daughters. And according to the inheritance laws, they can't pass on their inheritance to a daughter. It must go to a male. And so there have been uh, close members of the family, cousins, who are supposed to be those people uh, that are supposed to inherit the manor. And one of the daughters, Mary, is supposed to marry one of them, so it kind of stays in the family. The problem is the show opens, so I'm not giving anything away because this has to do with the first episode of the first season, and it really sets the stage for the rest of the series. That gentleman, and actually the two next in line to inherit the estate, are on the Titanic, and it sinks and they die. So now they don't know who is going to inherit the estate after Lord Grantham. And so a search occurs to find the closest male heir to inherit the estate. And it is that gentleman, Matthew Crawley. The problem is nobody really knows Matthew. And Matthew has no interest in inheriting the estate. And what you see in that image was Matthew at breakfast. It's the way the first episode of the first season ends. He's at breakfast with his mother. The post comes in. And they, he says, it's a letter from Lord Grantham. And his mother says, what does he want? Matthew opens the letter, reads it, and looks at his mom and says, Lord Grantham wants to change our lives. Lord Grantham wants to change our lives because what this letter is telling him, he is now the heir to the Downton Abbey estate. And now all of these responsibilities and privileges, whether he wants them or not, are his. And so really the rest of the first season is dealing with that aspect of it. Now, Matthew could uh, react to this in a couple different ways. He could be excited about it, right? He could say, are you kidding? I won the lottery. I now get to be... Lord of Downton Abbey, with everything that comes with it. Or he could be thinking, I want nothing to do with it. I have my life. I have my career. I have my home. I have my friends. I have everything already working out according to my plan. 
And I wish this letter from Lord Grantham never came to me. What is his reaction, do you think? Do you think there's that excitement over it, or do you think there's more of a resentment about it? He has more of a resentment about it. He has his life. He doesn't want to be the heir to Downton Abbey. Just leave me alone. Let me see you from a distance, and let me continue on my way. I use this example of down, and if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend watching that show. It's just fun. But I use that example because of the reading from Romans when it talks about we are heirs of God or heirs with Christ. We have been chosen to be part of this family with all the responsibilities and privileges that come with it. And we could react like Matthew. And most likely we do. We'd rather keep it as a distance, knowing we're somehow connected to it, but it doesn't really impact our life, right? But in reality, we get a, I don't want to say we get a letter from God, but we get this calling from God in our lives that says God wants to change your life. And we are called out of one life and into another. And more times than not, we can be resistant to it because we like the way we have things, don't we? We have it all figured out. We have, you know, our career, our life, our family, our friends, our, you know, we know what we do on Monday morning. We know what we're, right? We found this, you know, homeostasis line that's very predictable, and we seek that out. And what God does is come in and turns that upside down and pulls us out of it and gives us this new life with all the privileges and responsibilities that go along with it. And I think this is where it kind of brings in this gospel lesson. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, is trying to figure out what that means because he has his own life, doesn't he? He's a leader of the Pharisees. He thinks he understands how things are supposed to work, but he's getting this inkling from Jesus and from Jesus' followers that there's more to it, that it's different than what he thought he understood. And so he comes to Jesus and is seeking clarification. And he does it at night because he doesn't want to be discovered or known about asking these questions because certain questions shouldn't be asked, right? You don't disrupt the apple cart. Just go with the flow because we've already figured out how things work. And we don't want to be disrupted in that. Yet I think a life of faith is one of disruption at some level. Is one in which we hear God's call to our life and it is said, we know Think about what you think you know. And I want you to reconsider everything. And in reality, it's better than what we could have imagined. Now, this is where the analogy with Downton Abbey falls apart. Because if this analogy fully carries its way through, 
when Matthew and his mom come after receiving the letter to visit Downton Abbey that first time, and this is what happens in episode, season one, episode two, ideally, their reaction is one of, hey, here's the new heir. Here's the person that's going to come and take everything over and lead us into the future. In reality, what do you think Lord Grantham's three daughters and the staff and everybody else is really thinking about when Matthew and his mom walk into Downton Abbey the first time? Who is this guy? Why is he here? He's not one of us. He's simply a a lawyer from the city, and he's not worthy to inherit all of this. The truth is, and like I said, this is where it breaks down. When we work to understand what it means to have this inheritance placed on our life, this calling, God is not one saying, who do you think you are? to come and claim your place at God's table. The reality is God is welcoming us in to say, yes, I am glad you are here. You are mine. You didn't pick me. I picked you. Now part of your job, part of the responsibility that you get to do is go out and tell others, I have picked them as well. That that letter that says, Lord Grantham wants to change your life. We scratch out Lord Grantham and we put in God. And we go out and it's like we're delivering letters from God to people. Proclaiming God's love for the creation and saying God wants to change your life. God wants to disrupt your apple cart into something that is better than what we could have ever imagined. That's the good news. That's what God has come to do, right? It can be hard. That's the law aspect because we're we're playing by different quote-unquote rules, and it's better than we could have ever imagined. So my hope, my prayer for all of us this week is as you go out, May you know, may you experience this new life in Christ. May your old world that we cling to in unhealthy ways be disrupted. And may you somehow see that letter that is written to you that says God wants to change your life. And may you see what that new life is in Christ looks like as an heir of Christ. Amen.